The, the first thing that people need to make sure that they have in place before they actually start creating all the content is a end line. Like what is it that you're actually trying to accomplish from all the efforts that you're putting onto YouTube? Because a lot of, uh, a lot of personal, you know, like a lot of people, a lot of brands, a lot of companies, they'll make this huge mistake of coming onto YouTube and tracking the wrong things. They'll be tracking, you know, hey, how many subscribers are we getting? Which, you know, it's important to, to be mindful of that thing. But at the end of the day, if you have videos that are bringing you viewers and those viewers are converting into sales or leads for you, then it really doesn't matter how many subscribers that you're getting. If the goal is to generate, you know, leads or direct revenue, you know, whatever your personal approach is. Um, but the very first thing that you need to make sure that you have in mind is that that thing that you're going after. Why are we actually starting this YouTube channel? And of course it can be, you know, multi, layered in terms of, you know, you can say, hey, we're starting it because we're trying to generate leads and sales, but we're also doing it for the sake of brand awareness and to kind of put a face, a public face on our brand through the video content that we're putting out there. You can do that as well. However, in terms of the things that are going to be the most important to you, which ultimately, if you're a business of any kind, the ultimate goal is generating revenue. So because of that, you need to just make sure that all of the decisions that you're making on the YouTube channel are hard focused towards that goal of generating revenue from the efforts that you're putting into YouTube. In, in both of those situations, it comes down to making sure that you know the, the, your customers and the things that they actually care about. And then you start thinking, okay, these are the things that my customers care about. This is the product or service that I have to sell um, or that I have to bring attention to. What type of content can I throw in the middle to where I can help the customers solve you know, problems or entertain them in some way or motivate them in some way that will also lead them into the product or service that we have available for them. So basically what you need to do is you have to sit back and think, okay, if I'm selling coffee cups, right? Let's just put this into a real life practice. If I'm selling coffee cups, um, in that situation, then you have to think, okay, obviously I'm going after coffee drinkers. So if I'm trying to sell a bunch of coffee cup, cups, I can't just make a bunch of videos about coffee cups. I mean, you could technically, um, but you, you couldn't make, you know, like a thousand videos on coffee cups, but you could probably make a thousand videos on coffee, coffee machines, mixing coffee cups in there, um, talking about the science of coffee, you know, things like that. And all of those different pillars of content would get you in front of people that care about coffee enough that are most likely coffee drinkers that will lead them into where you can actually expose them to your, your e-commerce store where you sell coffee cups as an example. So um, when you have a YouTube channel, um, you're allowed to put links down in the video description, even if you're just getting started. So one of the things that you can do in your video, and a little side note here is that when you do what I'm getting ready to tell you, you don't want to do it too much because when people are coming into your content, you don't want to constantly be beating them over the head with what it is that you have to sell. You want to, you want to sell them in a more passive way by getting your content in front of them more, but spreading awareness that you have something to sell. Okay. So of course you can put calls to action directly in your video, but on YouTube, something that is extremely important to make sure that you're remembering as a marketer is that YouTube wants people to stay on YouTube. So if every single video that you have is designed to drive people off of YouTube, then you can be working against yourself in terms of kind of handicapping your ability to get in front of more and more people on the platform. Because let's say if you have a thousand people come into your video and you're really good at getting people off platform because you just have an amazing offer and you are driving, you know, 
500 of those people off of YouTube, well, one, that's a great conversion, but two, you know, if you're, you're just using that example, um, but two is that you are kind of working against what YouTube actually wants from, um, from channels. So because of that, you want to make sure that you have, you know, a balance of sorts to where you are spreading awareness about what it is that you're doing, but you're not taking every single video and um, uh, aggressively trying to drive people off platform, but it's okay for some of your videos. Um, a strategy that I recommend to people in a situation like this is to have what I call money videos. And the idea behind money videos are those are like your leaks off of your channel. So the idea is when you're creating your content strategy around all the stuff you're putting out on your channel, you say, okay, these three videos right here, when the video actually opens up, I'm going to mention, you know, hey, I'm Nick from, you know, your website, uh, dot com. And then I'm going to share the actual content. So what we've done in that situation, we've let them know that we have that website, you know, right out of the gate, just a really quick blurb. If you wanted to add on to it at the end and say something like, you know, from, uh, you know, I'm Nick from my website.com where we help, you know, people do X, Y, Z or whatever the thing is that you do. Um, then you just add that really quick as part of your introduction to let people know that that's available. But as you are continuing putting the rest of the content together, you make an effort to send people to that video that would actually drive people off platform. So what you're doing in that situation is you're giving YouTube all the positive signals from the initial videos. Let's say you make three, three videos that are driving your money video. You're giving them solid value in the three videos that they're watching. And then you're manually trying to get them to watch that fourth video from all three of those videos. And that's the leak. That's the one where you're driving people off platform. And one way that you can also do this is over time, you know, when you are, um, when you are running a YouTube channel, you're going to start noticing, huh, when we make videos on topics like this, then we tend to get more people visiting our website. When we make videos on topics like this, we end up getting more people into our email list and things like that. You'll notice that over time, as long as you're paying attention. And what you do in that situation is you start building your content around those strong pieces of content that convert for you. And then you're constantly mentioning them in the additional content that you make on your YouTube channel. Um, personally, I wouldn't put my sales team, I wouldn't waste their time on, on YouTube videos. If it was me, um, I would actually focus them on sales and I would put the marketing team on YouTube videos. Um, so one advantage that you do have if you decide to put salespeople on your YouTube videos is that they are professionals at communicating in a way that is convincing to people. They're mindful of the words that come out of their, out of their mouth. They're mindful of the different phrases that they can use to try to lead people into wanting to click the links and things like that. So there's an advantage there. Um, if you were going to use them, you could use them on the YouTube channel itself, or you could use them just to do a quick look over, hey, this is the script that we're putting together for this video. Um, from a sales perspective, do you have anything that you can add to this in terms of, you know, leading people into like, yeah, you know what, I do need this thing. Let me actually click on this link and, uh, and go check it out, right? So maybe have them help in that regard, but even still, they're salespeople, right? So, you know, I would actually use them for sales um, personally. Now on the marketing team, their stuff, you know, is a little bit different because YouTube is part of marketing if you're using it um, for your business. So for them, what I would do if you have a, a marketing team is I would try to find a couple of people with vibrant personalities and actually get them on camera and get them on camera because what's going to happen is you're going to notice that, hey, when, when Sally makes a video, people really watch her videos for a really long period of time. When John makes a video, they really watch his for a long period of time. But when Nick makes a video, yeah, they don't, they don't watch for that long. So because of that, let's make sure that we're, that we're always putting Sally and John um, on video. So then you can actually start fine tuning, not just the content itself, but you can start um, fine tuning the talent 
behind your YouTube channel as well in terms of catering to the response um, that you're getting from the audience. They're trying to create, um, first off, you want to scale back and you'll, you want to look at the channel as a whole. What you ultimately want to do on YouTube is you want to create an entire channel that's a resource for a certain type of content. Um, as an example, if you watch a particular TV channel, um, like let's say Discovery Channel. Discovery Channel is known for a certain type of content. As long as Discovery Channel is still around, I'm not sure. But they're known for a certain type of content. So because of that, you know, if you're driving home from work and you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to watch some TV when I get home. I'm going to turn on Discovery Channel because then I can like learn some stuff while I'm watching or whatever. And like, that's what you expect when you go to the Discovery Channel. You're going to keep going back there. YouTube's the same exact way. And you can break that as well when you start going outside of that. So as an example, if you, if you turned on the Discovery Channel and all you saw were cartoons, then all of a sudden you would start getting um, less confident in having the, the Discovery Channel as a choice. And then before you know it, you would actually fade away and you wouldn't watch the Discovery Channel anymore. So because of that, um, it's really important to make sure that your channel is a resource for a certain type of content. Now, algorithmically, um, it's even more important. And the reason it's more important algorithmically, and this is where using YouTube for business is a goldmine. So algorithmically, what happens when you create a, a channel that's a resource for a certain type of content that's targeted at a certain type of viewer or a certain you know, group of people, then what happens is when somebody watches a video, let's say they just got introduced to your channel and they have a high response to your content in terms of, you know, they watch that video for a fair amount of time to where YouTube can deem their experience as satisfactory. Maybe they gave it a thumbs up. Maybe they liked it. Maybe they subscribed to the channel from that video. Even if they don't watch another video right there on the spot, what's going to happen with YouTube is YouTube's going to identify that they had a positive experience. Now, what YouTube is going to do from there is YouTube's going to go into your back uh, your back catalog of videos, and then they're going to identify videos that would be a good fit for that particular person. And they're going to start showing them videos from your back catalog. Now, if you break that idea of having a channel as a resource for a certain type of content, then what's going to happen is your back catalog that isn't, that isn't similar to the stuff that you're making now is actually going to be working against you because YouTube is going to start showing them some of that and they're not going to respond to it, which is going to hurt your click-through rate and the overall performance of that video. However, if you have an entire YouTube channel that is a resource for a certain type of content targeted at a certain group of people, then every single video that you're putting out now, every single video that you've had on your channel in the past, all of that is a great fit for every single person that's coming into your YouTube channel. So algorithmically, it's a win. And, you know, of course, driving uh, sales, it's a win as well. Absolutely. So when it comes to service and support, um, depending on what it is that you're doing, then they may or may not be a good fit for your YouTube channel. Let me give you some examples. So if you have a, um, like a, a, an internet-based business, okay, and you have, um, you know, uh, tutorials that people can make on how to use your, you know, your website or your, you know, your um, software as a service or whatever it happens to be. If you have a, um, you know, tutorials that they can put together and people are actively looking for those and they're actually interested um, in that. And it's not just a, you know, hey, if this is broken, this is how you fix it type of thing, but it's actual content that would bring people in, then absolutely, they should be making that type of content for the channel as long as it's a good fit for your long-term goals and the people that you're trying to reach. Now, uh, an example that you don't want to use is you don't want to turn your YouTube channel into a 
if you're having problems with this, then do this. If you're having problems with this, do this. You want to create a completely different YouTube channel for that so that you do have that resource for people, but you don't want to have that on your main channel because your main channel needs to be value packed. And if you're using it to generate business and you're using it to generate awareness about what it is that you're doing, every single video that you're putting on that channel needs to be of value to as many viewers as humanly possible that you're trying to reach. And just solving that one problem with your software isn't a problem that everybody's going to have. So because of that, you want to make sure that you're making the right content on the main channel. And then if you decide to do, you know, a support channel, then, you know, then, then you could definitely move along with that as well, depending on, you know, the business that you have. Um, to stack onto that really quick on the service side, um, if you did have something really interesting that you were doing with your business, like let's say that you made things, like if you, if you have a warehouse and you have people in the warehouse and they're like 3D printing stuff and you know, that kind of stuff, then if it's something interesting that you're doing within your business, showing the, behinds of, the, the behind the scenes of that sort of thing and actually building a channel around that sort of thing can also bring a, a lot of attention and awareness to, uh, to what it is that you're doing as well. So using them in that regard would also be advantageous. But, you know, again, you got to think just like the salespeople, what's the best use of their time? So like the marketing team totally makes sense because, you know, like YouTube should be a part of what it is that they're doing anyway. But like the sales team, that one's kind of eh, because, you know, because you're pulling their time away from sales and in order to generate leads that they're actually closing, right? So you're kind of working against yourself and on the service team, then you could be taking their time away from actually, you know, helping, you know, helping customers. When it comes to using YouTube videos elsewhere, and I've actually made this mistake also, I actually still have a YouTube video on a sales page that in my brain, it's actually on my list, you know, hey, I got to get this off of here. But, um, you know, sometimes you just do that sort of thing as convenience. But from a strategic standpoint, you have to also consider that if they do watch your sales video on, um, uh, on your sales page, and it's a YouTube video, then you'll have boxes that will pop up. There's other options that will lead them to YouTube and things like that which is gonna create a leak on your website. So if you have affiliates, for example, they might not be too thrilled with you using a, um, you know, a YouTube video because it's a leak. If somebody found something interesting, they get suggested something interesting at the end of your video, well, you might have some people clicking through and actually leaving your sales page to go to YouTube to watch whatever it is that's there. Another thing that works against you in that situation is, if you have competitors, then with those competitors, they actually might end up getting suggested at the end of your video as well. And, you know, because YouTube shows videos together that are topically related. So if you are talking about a particular thing, there's a really good chance that your competitor is as well. And if you have those videos pop up at the end, then you could literally be putting all this work in, bringing people into what it is that you're doing, but then wrapping them up nicely, getting them nice and hot, and then passing them right off to a uh, competitor. So that's another, that's another reason you don't want to do that. So I recommend using like Vimeo or, you know, one of those other uh, services in order to, um, in order to actually, you know, embed videos where they don't include leaks uh, on your sales page. Um, the very first one is if you are going to run ads, target your competitors, right? Because they have videos, especially if you're just trying to get the whole ball rolling. You might not even need a YouTube channel. If your competitors don't know that you can block people um, in your, you know, from actually showing um, ads on your videos, then you can actually just use the efforts they're putting in and put your product right in front of them um, on YouTube. You can target specific channels and you can target specific videos on YouTube. Um, now, on the flip side of that, you have to remember that always. And remember that your competitors can run ads on your stuff as well. So you can actually go into your, um, into your uh, AdSense and you can block 
um, specific URLs from being able to run ads on your videos. So every single time that you notice that a competitor is running an ad on your video, first do the preemptive work of, I'm going to take the URLs of all my competitors, and I'm going to put them there. Um, but every time you notice, hey, this one got by, or hey, there's a new one that popped up and I need to block them as well, um, just grab the URL, drop it in there in your AdSense, and then uh, YouTube will block it on your behalf. So then that way it keeps you protected from you being the one that's doing all the work and then your competitors actually running the ads on yours. What you want to block in that situation is you want to block the URL of the actual business itself, not the YouTube channel. Um, I mean, you can block the YouTube channel as well. I mean, there's not a limit of what you can put in there. So literally every link that you find that slips through, um, then block it. Because one thing that some people do to get around this is they'll use like short URLs that they send people to. Like it'll still be like a branded thing. But instead of like, let's say, for example, like with yours, let's say Sprocket Talk. Instead of Sprocket Talk, in order to get around this, you could do something like, um, like SPRKT talk, right? And then bam, there's a new URL. And then because of that, once you notice that they're getting by, uh, you know, your current block, then you can, you know, uh, make sure that you block those when you find them as well. The very first would be to have some type of offer that you're constantly sending people to from your videos. And it can be a passive thing. It doesn't have to be something you're necessarily cramming down people's throats in terms of, you know, you don't have to mention it in every video and say verbally. Now, you know, make sure you get this. I put together this free guide to XYZ. Make sure you get it down in the description. You don't have to do that. Um, you can do it subtly with, you know, little graphics that pop up and, you know, things like that to where you're not necessarily interrupting the viewer experience, but you are still spreading awareness with every video that you upload. Um, another thing, that is extremely effective is like I mentioned before, just mention your URL and or what it is that you offer uh, at the beginning of your videos as well. So as part of your introduction, introduce yourself and then mention your, 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 you know, your website or your product or services and, or your product or service and, you know, mention whatever benefit it is that they're going to get out of that. And you can level that up a little bit just to make sure that people clearly understand you by just adding a little lower third, which is a little graphic that pops up down in the lower third of your video. And that little graphic would have your name on it. And then it would have the company URL. Another thing that you can do as well, if you wanted to be even more passive with it and, and make it more, um, just even an even better experience for the viewers is when you introduce yourself, don't mention the website but then have um, just have the website on the lower third there. So um, you can take either approach, but I would recommend that you're always spreading awareness at the beginning of your video through your introduction. And the reason for that is because once you get familiar with YouTube and you're uploading videos, you're going to notice in your audience retention report that typically, you know, when you publish a video, there'll be a little bit of drop off in the beginning and then the video will slowly taper out over time, depending on how good you are at maintaining attention. So you want to make sure that you are mentioning your website at the beginning of the video, because that's when the most people are actually watching the video. So there's going to be way more people that are hitting that than if you wait until the very end of your video, throwing a call to action in there about, you know, downloading your guide or whatever it happens to be. So, you know, you want to do that sort of thing towards the beginning um, in terms of spreading awareness about the website, but you do not want to offer a guide or anything like that at the beginning, because if you do that, then you're going to hurt the retention of your video, which is going to cause your video to perform poorly on YouTube, which is going to end up working against you as well. So when you do start adding those types of things to your videos, the way you're going to drive people off site, even a little graphic that pops up um, to let people know that you have something for them in the description. Even with that, you might want to wait until, you know, a little bit later in the video, just because um, you don't want to end up, you know, sacrificing the video for driving people uh, off platform. 
been in this situation. So the 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 thing with uh, the thing with YouTube that that you really have to understand is one, um, they have over two billion um, active users on the platform. It's a ton of people. So if you're already targeting Facebook, then you're missing out on a whole. You know, you're you're missing out on opportunities to reach people through the video content on YouTube as well. Um, the second thing with YouTube, the really powerful thing that people often overlook is people think, well, hey, I'm on Facebook all the time and this, that, and the other thing. But what they don't think about is when I publish a video to Facebook, that video doesn't seem to live very long. When I publish a video to LinkedIn, it doesn't seem to live very long. But when I publish a video on YouTube, that video is getting views for years as long as it's quality content. So like I literally have, just using myself as an example, I literally have the very first video that I uploaded to my YouTube channel in September 2014 that still drives me daily emails, um, email signups into an email list because I had an, op and I had an opt-in attached to it. So in terms of the power of videos on YouTube, as long as you make content that people respond to in a positive way and YouTube can identify the right audience for your content, it literally turns into a sales machine for you. And with every single video that you upload, you're just increasing the power of that sales machine. And in addition to the videos living there for a longer period of time and being more discoverable, YouTube has different ways that people can find your content. So if people are looking for things in search, then your videos could pop up if you have them optimized for search. Um, in addition to that, like I mentioned earlier um, in our conversation, YouTube tries to find the right people for your content because what YouTube is trying to do is they're trying to find the right content for people. Like, like a lot of people will think that, hey, I publish a video and then YouTube, you know, pushes that video out. Doesn't work like that. It actually works in reverse to where they're thinking about their viewers. So when you log into YouTube, what YouTube is showing you at that point in time is they're actually scouring all of the content that you might be interested in and their system thinks that you would be likely to watch. And then they're actually plucking that content out and they're showing it on, to you on your homepage. When you're watching other videos, that same exact thing happens, but it's typically you know, a topical relationship in that situation. So the, the strong power with YouTube is once you are making content for that specific group of people, YouTube and Facebook doesn't do this, LinkedIn doesn't do this. YouTube is literally going to go to work for you and literally go out and find your customers for you. So it becomes like a, like a marketing engine just by itself. Because once they identify that this certain type of person, they click on this video when we show it to them and then they watch this video for a fair amount of time. When they notice that and they detect that it's a satisfactory experience, they notice this particular type of person consumes this type of content. So let's find other people on the platform that might also enjoy this because it's getting a positive response from the people that are seeing it. So then literally, literally YouTube goes to work for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even on holidays, trying to bring business to whatever it is that you are selling. So you'll see all types of you'll see all types of articles and you'll see all types of recommendations of people saying like, hey, you should put your testimonials on YouTube and you need to make sure that you have testimonials so people know how good your service is. But on YouTube, that's the complete wrong approach. You have to think when you, when you make a YouTube channel, it's not about you. It's not about your company. It's about the people that are going to be watching the videos. And the the deeper that you can understand that, the better you're going to do right out of the gate. So what I mean by that is. Companies will typically make content that they're like, hey, this makes our company look good, right? Don't even, don't even worry about that. Think I'm going to make content or we're going to make content for YouTube that's just going to add tons of value to viewers that viewers are going to love it when it gets shown to them. And the better you get at doing that, then the better everything is going to work out for you on YouTube. Because as soon as you are making everything about you in terms of we're putting our testimonials on there, we're going to, you know, do like a walk around our office and introduce all of our team members and you know, like all that stuff, lose it all. 
lose it all and think, how can I make value-based content that the people that would, would buy our products or services would be interested in and focus all of your efforts, uh, all of your efforts towards that? Because if you just want the people in the office to watch your stuff, then go ahead and put, you know, tours around your office and put testimonials and things like that that makes everybody feel good. But if you want to generate sales, you have to make content for an audience. Um, so when it comes to sharing your YouTube content, you have to be really mindful of where you're sharing that content. Because if we revisit the idea of YouTube going out there and finding the right people that are a good fit for your content and showing your content to them more on platform to the people that are already on YouTube, already mentally invested in spending time on the platform to watch video content and hopefully your content. If you, if you take that idea and you think, okay, well, if I'm just start, if we just start sharing our videos in places that might not be the best fit for that ideal audience that we're trying to reach, what's going to happen is those people are going to start coming in and then they're going to start interacting with your content. And some of those people are going to enjoy it. Some of those people aren't, but it's going to start confusing YouTube systems on who's the right fit for what it is that you're doing. So because of that, when you are sharing your content, you want to make sure that they are a great fit for the content. So sharing it on your own social media, that's great because your own, you know, the people that are already involved in your products, they're already in your social media. Sharing it through your email list, also great because those are also people that are already in, you know, interested in what it is that you're doing. You just have to make sure, and this is like a, a bridge that you have to build, so to speak, but you just have to make sure that the people that are already involved in what it is that you're doing are also a good fit for the content that you're releasing on your YouTube channel in terms of, you know, the interests that they might have. Right. So like if you're sharing it on Twitter and it's like a new, you know, the, the YouTube channel's new and you're sharing your videos out on Twitter, but those people aren't necessarily a great fit for that, um, for that you know, new content that you're putting out on YouTube, then technically you could end up hurting yourself. So you just want to make sure that, you know, the stuff that you're making is a good fit. So one thing that you can do to really help yourself out in this situation is literally send out an email to your list and ask them what type of videos that they watch on YouTube either have them fill out a form or have them, uh, you know, just directly reply to the email, but ask them specifically, who's your favorite content creator? You know, if you, if you, when you watch YouTube videos, what type of videos do you watch? And, you know, take all that information, compile it together and say, okay, this is the stuff that the people that are already involved with us are consuming. So if they're already customers, they're proven, right? They're, they're paying customers into what it is that you're doing, then they're just giving you that insight on how to reach more people like them. So I really recommend that you, uh, that you do, do a little bit of a survey um, if, you, you know, if you can. In my opinion, you should upload natively to the platform. Like instead of saying, okay, I have my YouTube channel and I'm going to share my, I'm going to share my YouTube videos over on LinkedIn in terms of a link to try to make people leave LinkedIn. They typed in LinkedIn. They opened the LinkedIn app right? That's what they care about right now. Again, you got to think of the people, right? Um, that's what they care about right now. So instead of thinking, hey, I got to get them and pull them into, you know, what it is that I want them to care about, just be like, hey, they're already on LinkedIn. So let's take our same video and upload it to YouTube or maybe do a slight edit that's a little bit more LinkedIn friendly and, um, and, and load it up to uh, LinkedIn, I mean. And same exact thing for, you know, Facebook. Upload videos natively over there too. There's no reason to be sending people, you know, back and forth because as a brand or a business, you're just trying to get in front of people, right? So wherever those people happen to be, get in front of them there because that's where they're already consuming the content and then have your calls to action there and things like that. But for the people that do find out about your YouTube channel that are on YouTube, then, you know, that's a direct win from them for them when you have a YouTube channel. 
So hashtags are great if you are just trying to get your foot in the door and you can find something that is in alignment with your brand. If you're already established, then that can also be a leak. And what I mean by that is if somebody's watching a video and there's a hashtag there, if somebody clicks on that hashtag, then it takes them to like a search results page, essentially. It takes them to another page on YouTube with other videos that have also been involved in that hashtag. So because of that, you are essentially making a leak into driving them off of your video. So if you're using it as a way to get discovered, and this is where knowing exactly what it is that you're trying to do is important, but if you're using them as a way to get discovered, it can be a win because then you're giving yourself the opportunity to also show up on those particular pages. So then you have the suggested column you can show up into next to other videos. You have the homepage you can show up on. You have the subscription feed you can show up on. Trending, if your stuff is really good, that you can show up on. Um, but when you start it search um, as well, and then when you start using hashtags, this is one more place where people can find you. So because of that, if you are just getting started, using hashtags can be a good approach. Um, in terms of, of what I recommend is it really comes down to, you know, what it is that you're, that you're, that you're doing. Like I have a funny story that kind of goes with this. So I just started a subscriber Q and a series um, to where people can, you know, they ask me a question in the comment and then I make a video just directly answering their their question. And I called it uh, Squanda is my hashtag. So it's like hashtag S Q and a, and the funny thing is, is I accidentally put a U in there when I was first doing it. Just my brain, for whatever reason, wanted to do that. And then when you click on that hashtag, which I didn't do, I click on that hashtag because I was just like, you know what? I didn't even check to see, you know, who else is in this result. So I clicked on it and it ends up being some like rapper and like all of the uh, like images there are, you know, like, you know, like rap video imagery, you know, and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, I was like, oh my. Yeah, so, so I ended up taking the U out, so it's better now. But um, you, know, you also should definitely research the hashtag as well before you just throw it in there, <laughs> just as a little you know, hard lesson learned. But yeah, in terms of using them, um, they can be advantageous for you. Like my brother, for example, um, he uses our Niminati hashtag because that's kind of like our squad name on YouTube. Um, he uses that in a lot of his videos so that he can show up you know, when people are looking for that sort of thing. Um, I, the only time that I use the Niminati hashtag on mine typically is when I'm doing the sub Q&A because that's, those videos are specifically from the audience. So because of that, I use that uh, Niminati hashtag as well. So just like most things in, you know, in, in marketing and business and YouTube, it comes down to, you know, where you're at in the process and exactly what it is that you're trying to do. But it is something that you can lean into for discovery without question. It's really important to like literally sit down and put a content strategy together so that you can map out you know, what the purpose of each video and you can map out how your videos are going to link together and things like that so that you can literally drive people, like you can create a flow through your content. Um, it's really important, especially if you're trying to drive people off site. Now, with that said, I do want to let you know as well that you can have a video that does really well on YouTube, but also drives people off site. So that's not a problem. I mean, you can have that. But what I'm, what I, what I try to really focus people on is the viewer experience because that's what YouTube cares about most. And the more that you focus on the viewer experience and keeping them on platform, the better things will do on YouTube. And by driving people to a money video, you're also creating an additional step in the process, which can help those original videos do better because YouTube tells us in the YouTube Creator Academy, which everybody should go to, it's free. Um, it's, it's put together by YouTube. It's kind of like a best practice type of um, thing. It's like an instruction manual for YouTube. But, um, but basically one of the things that they tell us in there that is that if somebody comes in and they watch a video and and then they click on another video from that video and they go deeper into the platform, be it your videos or 
or somebody else's, but they stay on platform because of your video, that those videos um, are more likely to get recommended elsewhere on YouTube. Now, what you want to make sure that you're doing when it comes to an overall content strategy is that you're actually trying to facilitate that experience so that that original video can bring in, you know, a lot of people and get put in front of even more people to actually create, think of it kind of like you're funneling because that's really what you're doing is you're creating like one video here and that's the video that is, you know, like the, the one that you're really wanting people to see. And then the other videos that are related to that, when you put them into something called a series playlist on YouTube, um, not just a playlist, but a series playlist where YouTube is likely to actually show the videos in that playlist next to other videos in that playlist. Um, but you put them together in a series playlist and then you literally try to create that flow. And the better you get at that in terms of people watching video one and then going and watching video two and let's say video three is your money video, then the better you get at that, the better each one of those videos are going to do. And you also create this thing inside of YouTube to where YouTube identifies that the people that are watching video A also watch video B and C. So then YouTube starts naturally showing them to people that don't even click into the playlist. Um, it starts showing them to people that are watching, you know, each of those A, B and C videos as well. So it's really important to make sure that you do have a strategy. And as part of that strategy, you got to make sure that in addition to like, hey, we're making this video for search, we're making this one we're gonna, where we're going to make the title, you know, a little bit more compelling so that maybe we can try to pull some better suggested traffic or homepage traffic. Like in addition to thinking that way, it's also really important to put a purpose to every single video that you upload. And what I mean by that is you need to upload videos as part of your content strategy. You need to upload some videos that, that are there just for the sake of generating more subscribers on your channel so that every time you publish a video, you have more people it's going to get put in front of initially um, so that they can, you know, kind of give YouTube the initial data that they need to identify if it's a good video or who's a good fit for that video. Um, but you also want to um, think of, you know, these are the money videos like we were talking about before. Um, these videos here, these are just straight value. Like that's it. Like, you know, these videos haven't necessarily been known to generate tons of subscribers for us, but they do get us a lot of views. They get awareness of our, you know, company name in front of, you know, a lot more people when we actually make this type of video, but you'll be able to start identifying those things in your stats after, after a while. But it's really important to make sure that as each part of your content strategy, um, in addition to figuring out, you know, what are we actually targeting here in terms of discovery, also figuring out what you're actually targeting with each individual that you, uh, each individual video that you publish and thinking of how that fits into the overall channel goal of what, it's, what it is you're ultimately trying to accomplish with your channel.